Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Well, praise God. I don't know how I'm going to preach now that I'm crying. Anyways, I don't cry much, but boy, I'll tell you what, I'm touched. Um, Thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity to be able to minister the gospel. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm always excited to be able to preach. I I have a lot to say all the time, but glory to God, I'm going to let the Lord lead me tonight. Amen. I want to minister for just a few moments. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up. Uh, I believe I'm going to be in the book of John. Uh, I believe it's chapter 8. Is that correct? I don't have my notes open yet. I do need to uh, give you the title. There's hope in Jesus. Amen. There's hope in Jesus. You know, I can remember the time as you're preparing, getting in your Bible there, but uh, I can remember the time as pastor was mentioning just a few moments ago where we both sat at the table and counted these coins out. And, you know, a coin is no different than a $100 bill in God's eyes. Amen. It's the willingness, the faithfulness, it's the, it's the goal that we have. And, you know, I think a lot of times in our walk with God, you and I as Christians, we have, we have put away the, the responsibilities at times. Uh, and, and that's why I want to minister on the hope of Jesus. Amen? Because sometimes we give up. We give up a little bit too early. It's almost like, you know, if you ever talk to somebody out about uh, climbing the incline in Colorado Springs. It's called the, uh, what is it called? The, the incline. Any, anyways, I was born and raised there, and I still don't know the name of the place. You can tell I don't very, walk it very often. But anyways, that, you know, anytime somebody says something about the incline, you know, it, it's, it's okay. We're excited. We look up, and, you know, we see that, the very top of it from the bottom. And, and, and it's an exciting thing because you say, I can do that. It goes straight up, and the slope is literally about like this. If you're looking, you can see my hand. But it's literally straight up in the air. But it's such a deceiving thing because when you get up to the top of that first mountain that you see, all of a sudden life disappears and you see a valley that goes down and back up and and it just goes on and on and on and on. But right there at that particular point, they have a place there. It's called the cutoff. And you can take that if you don't feel like you can go up the rest of the way because I promise you from the bottom up to that middle part, it is treacherous. It's not even halfway up. It's about a quarter of the way up. It's not very far, but it's treacherous. And it gives an opportunity for us to bail, to go a different direction. And I think a lot of times in our walks with God that we are, we are on trail, we are pushing, we are fighting, we're running, we're getting to the place where God wants us to go, and all of a sudden we see a challenge before us. We see a, a brick getting thrown at us, or we see a problem that, that arises in our life, uh, and we automatically take off on that cutoff trail because the pressure of life is just too big for us. And I want you to know God does not see it this way, amen? As Brother Dwayne, I thought he was going to preach my message tonight as he got up here and opened the service because it's right along the lines of what I want to minister on this morning or this evening. John chapter 8, <laughs> verses 1 through 11 It's a powerful story. It says, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and he taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him um, a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what do you say? And this they said, uh, testing him that they might 
have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and he wrote on the ground with his finger and he thought uh, he thought he did not uh, as though he did not hear. Now hold it right there. Just hold that scripture right there. You know, I was thinking to my wife, we were talking before the service here, and I got to thinking, you know, they're talking to Jesus in this very moment. And they're bringing an accusation against somebody, like you and I in this place tonight. You know, when the devil comes to us and brings an accusation to our life, you know, Jesus just bends down in the ground and, and, and begins to write with his finger in the sand. Now, can you imagine this? Now, he's just saying, you know, I, I hear you talking to me. It's like, speak to the hand. You know how we all say and Jesus is saying, okay, you're coming to me with this problem that you perceive to be a big problem in life, but I'm telling you, it's not that big of a deal to me. Now, it's not saying that the sin is not a big deal. Yeah, absolutely, the sin is. But this is a repentive heart. This is a person uh, like you and I today that as we're walking in the things of God, uh, we have a repentive heart. We don't want to sin. If you want to sin against God, just lift your hand up. Nobody in this place. Thank God we're preaching to some good, smart people tonight. Amen? We don't want to sin against God. And in this very moment, uh, Jesus, he's bending down as they're speaking, as they're bringing an accusation. He's bending down almost like it's, a, it's ignoring them. It's like, I am God. Do you not know who I am? Do you not know what I can do for you? Do you not know how I can supply your every need? Do you not know that I've already brought you out of the same situation? That's what my God says. Who am I to blame? Who am I to, to bring an accusation against somebody? So then it says this. It says, so when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, who, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. Who's going to throw the stone first? Who's going to say, you know what, this woman is not worthy. She's this, she's that. All because the law of Moses says that this is the way it should be. And so it says, in verse 8, and again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. That was a confirmation, amen? Then those who heard it, uh, begin, they, they were being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst of this one, of, with Jesus. And when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one, but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Where are they at? Has no one condemned you? Has no one condemned you? You know, it doesn't have to be Jesus himself that steps into our life uh, in a spotlight or, or just wakes us up all of a sudden and says, hey, it's me. You know, don't bring an accusation towards this person because there's hope for her. Did you hear what I said tonight? There's hope uh, for you. There's hope for me. There's hope for all of us in this place tonight. Too many times we're focused on, on what we haven't done. We're focused on our mistakes and our failures instead of getting right with God. Now I want to bring this to our attention for just a moment here. This story was powerful. It's a powerful illustration on, on how, you know, they're, 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 the law is going to bring people into justice and, and, and cause all these problems for somebody. But Jesus himself says, you know, well, let's have mercy. Let's understand that there's redemption and I can do something with this life. You and I today, if we would just realize and wake up and say, you know what? God has such a plan for me. If I was willing to sacrifice and give up all the things of this world that are bringing me down. Amen? That means make a stance. 
that says, you know what, I know what I'm doing is wrong. Uh, and, 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 and I'm going to be honest with you, too. In ministry, for our leadership team, you know, this is very important for us to all understand. If we're going to minister, if we're going to be used as a leader in the ministry, we, we have to be used but have a clean heart. We have to have a repentive heart. A heart that says, you know what, I'm not going to cast the stone, but I'm going to receive the hope that God has for me. Amen. I need more hope than anybody in this place. Glory to God. I say, God, I need hope. Where is it, Lord? I need it because, you know, God, sometimes I feel like I'm a failure. You ever just feel like you're getting yourself into a hole and you're going into the wrong places and all of a sudden, you know, you just say, God, I need, I need help here. Lord, I've even asked him, Lord, is there hope for me? What can I do, God? Is there, is there hope for me? You say, well, you're a pastor. You shouldn't be thinking like that. Well, absolutely, we think like that. You know what it does? It keeps you right with God. It keeps you aligned with the things of God. It keeps you in a place where, where you're calling on God, where it keeps you humble before the Lord. Because what happens is we get outside of being humble with God, and the flesh will automatically take over and destroy our lives. And before you know it, we're so far deep in the roots of the world that we cannot get ourselves out alone. We need God to show up in our circumstance. We need Jesus himself to show up and write on the sand. Hallelujah. We need him to stand up and make a, a, you know, a difference in our life. So God is a God of many chances. He's a God of hope. Hallelujah. Listen, this woman's family was nowhere to be found. Nobody to talk to, nobody to understand. Uh, she had no hope or, or, or rescue, any rescue whatsoever. Nobody was there to help her out. Nobody was there to lift her up and encourage her like we have today in this place. This is a church family, glory to God. We're closer to you than we are our own families, amen? I'd rather be here than anywhere, glory to God. I get texts all day long right before the service. My brother sent a text to the whole family. I'm sure everybody got it, but I'm telling you something. I'd rather be right here. And if my brother wants to be with me, he can come here. Hallelujah. Amen. And we can serve God together. But this is where God has us and where God has you. You need to make the best of it. Amen. You don't have to go down to the donut shop to, to enjoy life. You can enjoy life right here. I was telling pastors, we were sitting there. I said, man, I'll tell you what. We were sharing some testimonies and he was telling me a couple things. And I'm telling you what, I was excited. I was ready to stand up and start dancing. And that would be not a very good sight. Amen. But I tell you what, there's got to be an excitement in our lives. You know, this woman realized that these men, they were determined to execute her because of the law. They were determined and they had the stones in their hands uh, ready to devour this woman. Ready to punish her. Ready to put her in a place of, 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 of turmoil, in a place of surrender. Leviticus chapter 20 verse 10, it says, that according to the law, she's to be stoned. And you can read it here as it's, as it's here. It says, the man who commits adultery with another man's wife, he who commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Lord, have mercy. I mean, these are not my words. This is God's words right here, and this is a very serious thing in God's eyes. And I think that you and I need to take these things serious uh, in our walks with God. But not just these things, but all of the laws of God, all of his commandments, all of his desires for us. Amen. Verse 6 of our opening scripture says, This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. 
They were trying to get Jesus to override this situation so they would have something to accuse him of. Amen? That's like almost like, you know, the woman that came to our church in Phoenix, uh, she was coming faithfully because she had a need in her life. This woman, uh, she was bound. Uh, I'm telling you what, she was a promiscuous woman. She came into our church. She came to the altar, and she told me, she said, I have AIDS. It's the truth. She says, I'm going to die. The doctor said, I'm going to die. I said, no, my, the word of God, the Bible that I read says, you're going to live. You're not going to die. She says, well, I got the report right here. My doctor said, I'm dying. My blood is this, and I'm not going to live any longer. And it just so happened to be that Pastor Jones was there that Sunday, and I'm telling you something. I told him about it, and we just began to pray over this girl. You know that God, Pastor Jones prayed for her, and he stood up, and he told her, he says, young lady, he says, I want you to go to the doctors tomorrow, and I want you to bring that report on Wednesday night back to this church. We want to see it. And she went. She went back to the doctor on Monday, and she came back with a report that was completely healed. The AIDS was gone. And to this day, she's healed. She's healed. But you want to know the, uh, the amazing thing to me? Is when this woman got healed of AIDS, she left the church. Isn't that amazing? Now, as far as I know, to this day, she still delivers. She still is free of the disease, and she's, she's good. God healed her body. But did you know that God can put that back on her? I don't want to be around that. I don't want God to set me free from something and then me play around with it long enough. Uh, I heard that coal burns. I, them hot timbers, they burn. That's what I've heard about. I'm not willing to try it out. But see, we're playing games with God. Here God gives you the greatest miracle ever and heals your body from a sickness that there's a death penalty to it. And all of a sudden, you receive the gift of God. We receive salvation. We're saved. We're living for God. And all of a sudden, we walk away from the things of God, all because it does not satisfy the lusts of our life. There's nothing in this world that is worth going to hell over. Stop, drop, and roll does not work in hell. It does not work. Amen? Once you get there, you can say, I don't like the heat. Listen, it doesn't matter. You're stuck. Ain't no coming back. Amen? So here they are. They're trying to get something of which to accuse him of. And, you know, the question I ask is why? If Jesus did not stone her himself, here, here, here if Jesus did not stone her himself, he would break God's law in their minds. He would break the law. And they're ready to accuse. They're ready to beat him down. But the problem was, is that he is God. He is the Almighty. He is all-powerful. He is authority over our addictions. He is authority over our life if we give it to him. Amen? So there's no accusation against him that's going to work. It, it just doesn't happen that way. Jesus is God. Amen? Can I get a bigger amen? Jesus is God. And he's God of hope. He's a God of hope. You know, you might be at the bottom of the bottom, and you might think, you know what, I don't know what's going on with me. I got news for you. There is hope for your situation. And it doesn't mean you have to pray harder or beg God. It doesn't mean you just need to be faithful in what you do for God. You need to pray. You need to read. You need to be encouraged by the things of God. Feed your soul. Feed your spirit. Feed your mind with the things of God so that God can flow through you. Hallelujah. And that means even in your finances. I told pastor, I said, God's bringing, this, it's not rocket science, science, but God's bringing miracle money. He's bringing miracle money. And it's not for our pocketbooks, I'll guarantee you that. It's for the kingdom of God. 
Amen? Because my Bible says that, that we are to advance the kingdom of God. Amen? Souls ought to be the most important thing in our life after giving our lives to Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, our outreaches should be so impactful that people are just getting saved uh, or they're getting mad. Hallelujah. Get them saved and, and some of them we just got to get them saved, saved and send them on to glory. Hallelujah. Because they just keep going back and forth. Amen? 1 John 1.9, it says if we confess our sins, he is what? He's faithful. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. That is a mighty God. That is a powerful God, hallelujah, who says, you know, if you will just confess it, if you'll just say, you know, many times we're not sorry till we get caught. Is that the truth? But you know what? It would pay for you to be sorry before you get caught. Because God can redeem you. God can help you. God can, can vindicate you. He can lift you up. Uh, he can encourage you. He can strengthen you even while you are in the midst of a trial. But see, there's something in us, as human, in our human nature, that doesn't allow us to admit our faults. If you're going through something today, you need to talk to somebody. Now, don't just go out there and just blab it to everybody in the world, but go to somebody that you trust and tell them, come to pastor, come to myself, and, and open up with us and let, let God do what God needs to do in your life uh, to help you get through your trial that you're going through. Amen? Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. It's a very scary scripture, but hey, it's the truth. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So there's a difference, you know, and we have a choice. You want to, I, I just tell people straight up, if you want to go to hell, then go right ahead and go to hell. Because that's where you'll go if you want to go there. But I don't want to go there, amen. I want to go to heaven. I want to make heaven my home, and I want everybody around me. As Pastor said Sunday, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. That's what we're doing. We're following each other. And I'm telling you what, uh, we have a pastor who has a passion for the things of God and for souls. Amen. And there's no greater thing but to say, I'm going to follow this. <clears throat> I'm going to follow this great man of God and say, you know what, we're going to see souls saved. And, and I'm not just talking about people you meet in a restaurant. I'm talking about your family members who are home tonight. I'm talking about your kids uh, who are not here tonight. I'm talking about uh, those people that are closer to you than you realize uh, and they're not here. God's going to reach them. God's going to, he's going to reach out and grab them because of your faithfulness, uh, because of your heart's desire to see these people saved. You want to know how we're going to fit 400 people in a sanctuary? It's because we're going to bring people to that church. And it's not going to be a place of entertainment. It's going to be a place of worship. I had a, a vision the other night. I'm telling you what, I saw all the girls up. I saw the whole, uh, I saw the whole worship team up here. There was guys up there too. And they were up here shouting. They were up here singing. The Holy Ghost took over in the service. And the crazy thing is, the pastor showed me a picture today, and it was the exact sanctuary that you showed me in that picture, the very first video you sent me today. They were up on this stage, and I'm telling you what, they were ministering, and it was a soul-winning crusade. The power of God was moving through this place, and, 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 and God was there. He was walking through these aisles, and he was touching people, and they were getting healed and delivered. Amen. And that's what I want to see. That's why I'm here today, because I want to see God uh, do great things in me. I want to see the men of this church uh, rise up as leaders, uh, as men uh, that don't have to be told by their wife what to do. My wife tells me something to do. I tell her, baby, don't you worry about it. It'll get done. But it's going to get done. Amen? 
Don't be a hypocrite and say, I'm going to do it, and then you don't do it. You don't do nothing about it. You got you to, gotta, uh, anyways, I ain't going to go there. Hallelujah. So why did they bring this woman to Jesus? Why did they do it? What was the reason that they brought her to Jesus? Uh, the answer is that they knew that he would show mercy on this woman. They knew it. They said he's going to do it. The law said she needed to be stoned. The law said, uh, you know, there's no hope. Uh, they, they believed if Jesus showed mercy that he would break the law, and then they would have something to which accuse him of. They would have a stronghold on him. Uh, and they must have, I can imagine, they must have seen Jesus do all these miracles where he forgave people. He forgave the woman at the well, the prostitute, uh, the healed the beggar. Remember blind Barnabas? You know, they had to have seen him do that. Blind Barnabas was known by everybody in that place. Everybody that walked by the temple, they saw that blind beggar standing at the door, begging for money. He had an identity. They knew who he was. He was known by his jacket. They said, that's blind Barnabas. But you know, they had to have seen Jesus perform these miracles and things that happened all around them. Reach out to tax collectors and sinners. and Then James chapter 2, verse 13. Let's read that. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Isn't that powerful? And I wrote that down really deep right here. It says, I wrote it down, mercy triumphs over judgment. It triumphs over judgment. Hallelujah. Listen, we could be guilty in all areas, in all ways, but I'm going to tell you something. The mercies of God, oh, they endure forever. Hallelujah. Listen, he says, if you'll call upon my name, listen, don't just wait till you're in trouble to call on him. But if you'll call on his name, he says, I will show up. Glory to God. And, he, and when he shows up, I tell you, there's a miracle about to happen. Amen. A miracle that's about to happen in that life. Hallelujah. You see, when the world says there's no hope for you, You'll never change. When the world says no one cares for you, Jesus is the God of hope. Jesus is the God of mercy. Amen? You can be anything you set your mind to being. I was talking to somebody today, a multimillionaire. And you know what? This man was talking to me, and, and you know, he was talking to my kids the other day, and uh, this guy was pretty, pretty savvy on things, and he was talking to me and giving me all these great ideas. And I said, let me tell you something. I said, if it's in God's plan, it'll happen. But if it's not in God's plan, it ain't going to happen. But by the way, we're building a church. How much are you going to donate, I said? Amen. You got all this money. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to some millionaires' houses. I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to ask for it. I'm not, I'm not joking you. I'll tell you, we'll write you a letter. Hallelujah. We'll get you a good old letter from our church saying that you donated this money. It's a tax write-off for you. Glory to God. Just send it on down, like the good old song said. Send it on down. Send it on down. My goodness, my God can supply all my needs, he said. He'll supply your need. He'll even use the money of the wicked sinner. Hallelujah. He'll, he'll, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Glory to God. Uh, and he sees the desires of our hearts. Some of us, we can sacrifice some cheeseburgers and some burritos and be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Amen. You notice how I said some of us. Praise God. Amen. Luke chapter 5, verse, tw uh, verse 12 and 13 another amazing story in the Bible, and it happened when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. And he fell on his face and, and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, 
He said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, can you imagine seeing Jesus walking by you and you got something really, really bad going on in your life? You know, I saw a person yesterday, uh, they were opening the door and they had a cloth on their hand and they had bumps all over their face. And they, they, you know, you could tell that they were insecure with what was going on with their body. But you want to know something? God did not give me the spirit of fear. You know, I, I don't know what she had. I don't know if it was leprosy. I don't know what it was. It could have been anything. But I'll tell you what I did. I reached over and I grabbed that door right where her hand was. And I opened that door for her. And I says, ma'am, you go right ahead and go on in there ahead of all of us. Walked right in there, jumped right in her space like it was not even a big deal. You know why? Because some people are so insecure with things in their life. that, that And we show a, not a very good example as being Christians sometimes. And we need to be that example, amen? We need to know that, you know, nothing out there, no poison, nothing, the scripture says it, can harm you. Now, that, that's not crazy. Don't go out and drink no poison out there, okay? Don't, don't go get nuts. But I'm telling you something, God will protect us. And if we'll open our mouths and share the gospel with somebody, God can do a new thing, amen? You invite them to church. You tell them about Jesus. You say, you know, Jesus loves you. He cares about you. And in this scripture here, he fell on his face, but then it says, then he put out his hand uh, and he touched him saying, I am willing. Whoo, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. He said, be cleansed. Immediately, the leprosy left this man. Now, listen, I, I know that that's a Bible story. We get to read it. But did you know that this is something that you and I can do? Do you know that we can say, Jesus, here I am, Lord. Just like the scripture says, here I am, Lord, send me. I'll do anything for God. Amen. That doesn't mean send you out to pastor a church all the time. It means send me, Lord. Let me be the one that you use to win a soul today. Let me be the one, God, to be healed today. Lord, let me. Lord, here I am, God. Can you heal my body? Lord, are you willing to touch me today? He says, absolutely, yes, I am. Praise God. Just like blind Barnabas, he cried out. He called out to Jesus, and he said, oh, is that Jesus coming by? He had heard. He had never seen him, but he had heard of the miracles. He had heard that he was walking by, and, and as blind Barnabas jumps up out of his little corner there, everybody in the whole place is saying, you get out of here. You're not worthy. You can't talk to Jesus, and what does Jesus do? He says, hold it. Bring him over here. Hallelujah. Oh, and all he said is, Lord, would you? Would you? I know you could, Lord, but would you? Lord, heal me today, God. Touch me. And when Jesus touched that man, let me tell you something, he healed him. And that man began to rip his jacket off and run up and down. I'm telling you something. I know that firsthand. I was in Costa Rica. And I, we were pastoring a church in, in La Pacifica, de San Francisco de los Rios. And I'm telling you what, we went and did this outreach in this pretty rough area, a little bit of ways. And there was a guy. We were doing a Bible study is what it was. And we were in his house. And outside was this man. He was crazy. He was running as fast as he could from one end of the street all the way up the road to the other end of the street. and kept All night long, he just running. We, could, we would hear him scream as he's passing the house. We're just thinking, man, this guy's nuts, man. You guys just watch over us. Protect us, please. And then God, please help us. And that man walked in. The whole city knew who that man was. I'm relating this story to this exactly what we read in the Bible. And here comes this man. He walks into that Bible study that night. He walks into the presence of God. Now imagine this. He's demon-possessed. He's outside running up and down the street. His feet, are, no shoes or socks. Uh, his feet are bloody from running on the concrete and the dirt roads and rocks and whatever it is. He walks into that place. And as he walks into the place, his demeanor, everything just settled down. He walked into the presence of God. 
That's what it's like when we walk into this place here, into this church. We walk in, the presence of God is in this place. It helps us. It brings us to a place of repentance, brings you to a place of getting right with God. Do you know that we began to pray over that man, and God delivered this man from a demon? The demons came out. We saw them. We physically seen the demons coming out of this man and running out of that, that house. And when that man took off, he said, let him go. He, that's what he yells out to us. Let him go. As he's watching these demons leave him and walk outside. They were running out the door. After he was done, he ran outside, and, and he, began to, he began to shout. He began to thank Jesus. He, just, he kept saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for healing me. People began to come out of their homes. All around this city where we were at in this block, they started coming out, and they began to walk over to where we were, and they said, you don't understand. This man has been doing this for years and years and years. Everybody knows him. Everybody's afraid of him. I said, well, I don't know what happened, but I do know that God touched him. It wasn't us. We didn't do anything, but God healed his, his body that night. And that man became a great leader in a church in his area where he lived. Uh, and I'm telling you something, God can do it. Not just in the Bible, but he can do it today in our life. He can do it today in your life. Uh, he can do it in your home. Uh, he can do it in your children. Hallelujah. He can also save some of our wives and some of the husbands in this place. Amen. Praise God. You know, this leprosy was a terrible disease. How many know about leprosy? Your, your skin begins to turn white. It's a horrible thing. It's noticeable. Body parts fall off. Very, very contagious. You cannot touch it. And the, 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 the thing about it was lepers were not allowed to live around healthy people. They were not allowed to be in the same place. They were put outside of the city. They had their own place to go to. They were in leper colonies. They could not be around their family members or go into a church or they couldn't do it. They had to be secluded in an area where they could not touch anybody. Their families would abandon them. Their friends would run away. They could not work. Couldn't go out and make a living for themselves. And you know what they would do ultimately is they would beg for food. They had to beg. They couldn't work. They couldn't do anything. No one cared for them. So when this man saw Jesus, he said something very, very powerful. In verse 12, it said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Lord, if you are willing, God, you can make me clean. Listen, that is a cry. And Jesus said to him, he said, I am willing. Do you know that Jesus never says, I'm not willing? He says, I'm willing. You cry out to him, he says, I'm willing. You cry out to him, he says, I'll do it. You say, Lord, I need this. He says, okay, here it is, but this is what you need to do. Listen, many times we put our own desires in front of God's will for our life. And God cannot, uh, he cannot fulfill the desires of your life uh, if they do not line up with his will. That's what the Bible says. And we need to understand that, amen? He says, if you're willing, he says, I am. Jesus did something that no one had done for many years. He reached out and he touched this man. But, you know, it wasn't just for that time. He touched him forever. It was forever. It's like once you taste the goodness of God, are we supposed to go back into the world? Are we supposed to go back and dabble in the things that God already delivered us from? No, we're supposed to be set free for life. It's for today, yesterday, and forever. Glory to God. See, he now had hope again to go back to his family to go back to work and 
touch people and be around people and be accepted everywhere he went. You know, sin is a type of leprosy. I want you to know that. And I know Kristen's coming, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go real fast, I promise you. You know, the Bible says in Romans 3, 23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That includes you, and that includes me. That includes every single one of us in this place. We've all fallen short. But let me tell you where the hope falls in this. See, we live in a generation that is looking for hope. But there's one problem, and that problem is that people look for hope in all of the wrong places. They're looking for hope in, in money and finances and all these different things, amen? So if you look for hope in people, people will fail you. If you look for hope in people, they will let you down. Number two, if you look for, if you put your hope in money, maybe it's a business or savings or investments, if you put your hope in that, and they're all wonderful things, but look what the Bible says in Proverbs 23, 4 and 5. It says, do not overwork to be rich because of your own understanding. Cease. Verse 5 says, will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle toward heaven. So if you're not working for the right reason, if you're not giving glory to God, if you're not working under the Lord, if you're just chasing money, and you just want to buy everything in the world that can entertain you, the Bible says that that money is going to grow wings, and it's going to fly away. Not right here in the pocket where we want it to. You see, we want it to go right here because that's what we do. We work. And you ought to be proud if you're working. It's a wonderful thing. It's a blessing to be blessed by God and to have abilities to go out and do what you do and be good at it. But you've got to give it to God, all of it. Say, Lord, I'm doing this unto you. Lord, I surrender me, my abilities, my talents, my gifts. Lord, everything about me, Lord, and I'm going to give it to you, Lord, because I want you to do more and I want you to do an abundance so that, God, you could use this income, whatever it is. Amen? And number three is if you put your trust in your own abilities and your own talents. Isaiah 40, verse 30. It says, even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. That is, listen, that is a powerful, even young men shall utterly fall. You see, without hope, life seems very meaningless. We're just going in a circle like this, just a big circle. And I want to tell you something. Tonight, there's hope for every single one of us in this place. And that hope is that we can turn away from our wickedness. We can turn away. Even Listen, I'm, I'm preaching to some seasoned Christians in this place tonight. Pastor and I, we take every message that's preached and we, we chew on it, we eat it, we live it, we love it, we, we apply it to our lives. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm his assistant pastor and he's over there taking notes to apply things to his own life. I do the same, I'm applying things to my life and when you speak to me, I'm learning, I'm understanding where you're going. And listen, there's a vision, we ought to be going the same direction. Not backwards, but we ought to be going forward. We have to be looking forward. 
to the things that God has in store for us. Amen? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes this evening, if you would, in reverence to God. Those that are online this evening, praise God for you. And I'm telling you something, there's people from all over the world watching on this live stream. David was sharing with me last week that there's our pastors in India are watching. Our people all over the world are watching these live streams. And I'm going to tell you something. They're going to know one thing about Victory World Outreach of Denton, Texas. They're going to know that we are passionate about souls. We are passionate about raising up men and women to send them forth to preach the gospel. It is who we are. And they also know we're going to preach the truth. The truth will be ministered from this pulpit, hallelujah, and God is going to get the glory. God is going to get the, the, the power from it, hallelujah. All over this place tonight you're here. You say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I have not given my life to Jesus. I have not surrendered unto the Lord fully. I have not given my life 100% to God. There's, there's things in my life that, are, that, are, that I'm holding on to. And listen, I, I really feel it in my spirit tonight that God is speaking to some people. This is not a scare tactic. But he's saying to some people in this place tonight that I better do something about it right now. Tonight. Right now. Because God is not pleased with the sin that is in our lives. He loves us. He cares about us. It's just like you care for your children. Even when they're wrong, even when they're being disciplined, there's such a love for them. That's how God is with you and I tonight. And his greatest desire is that we would surrender to him and give our lives to him and give everything that is not of him to him tonight. All over this place, how many more? You're on, you're, maybe you're at home watching this online and, and you need God to touch your life. Just lift your hand up, put it up, and put it right back down. I want to pray for you. Say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to be saved tonight. If that's you, just lift your hand up. Put it up. Amen. I see these hands. How many more? Come on, don't be shy tonight. Listen, if that's you, just put it up and put it right back down. Praise God. Now I want to make one more call. And this call is for the Christian. Those of us that are right with God, that, you know, we're coming to church, we're, we're trying. And I'm not going to embarrass you tonight, but you want to be honest with God and say, there's some things in my life right now that are not pleasing to God, and I want to surrender that to the Lord. Listen, I really feel like God wants that call to be made tonight. Just lift your hand up and put it right back down. How many all over this place? Come on. Put it up. God, God wants to see it. Not, it's, you're, not, you're not telling me none of your problems. I don't want to know the problems. We're going to pray for you tonight. Come on, here it is. Here it is. Amen. I see these hands. I see these honest hearts. How many more? Praise God. I see these hearts. Oh, thank you, Jesus. How many more? I'm not going to go much longer. You say, I need, I need a miracle. I need God to intervene in my situation. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand up to our feet this evening. You raise your hand to give your life to Jesus. Young lady, I want to pray with you. If you wouldn't mind, come on down here. If you would bring her down, please. Yeah. She raised her hand. She said, I want to give my life to Jesus. Also, those that raise their hand, you say, there's something I want to give to God tonight. I want you to come down to this altar right here. Just come on right down here. And listen, I want to, I want to talk to you for just a moment, so don't, don't talk with her yet. Uh, brother, you raised your hand. Come on down. You raised your hand, young lady. Come on down. This is serious business. Amen. Come on. <clears throat> Listen, I can't tell you how many altar calls I have answered 
as a pastor. I can't tell you how many altar calls that I have crawled down to that altar and just cried out to God and said, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my attitude. Forgive me, God, of my character. You know, we can all get out of line sometimes, every single one of us. Amen. Do you believe that? And I want you to know tonight that this right now, this is a miracle. This, listen, God's going to do it tonight. I really feel it in my spirit. When pastor asked me today, I said, yes, I feel this. And this is what I felt, that God was going to restore some people tonight. Some people that are good, honest people. People that love the Lord. People that care about the things of God. Amen. Anybody else, you want to come down. You say, there's something in my life that it doesn't have to be spoken. I won't ask you what it is. You just give it to God. But if you want to come down here tonight, come on. Amen. I see more coming tonight. Thank you, Jesus. God's going to deliver us tonight. He's going to, he's going to give us a power and an authority in our lives tonight that is like no other. Amen. When we surrender to God, when we say, God, I cannot do this without you, you know what he does? He gets all the glory from it. He's dancing right now. The angels of the Lord are dancing, and I'm telling you what, rejoicing in heaven because God's people are saying, I want to live right, and I'm going to do it. They're still coming. Praise God, they're still coming. I want to pray. Young lady, I'm going to tell you something. I want to pray a prayer with you. This is, we're going to all pray this prayer together. This is the greatest prayer you'll ever pray in your entire life. It's the most meaningful prayer. And you're accepting Jesus Christ in your life as your Lord and your Savior. He's going to do great things in your life. Do you believe it? Let's all pray together. Let's all repeat this prayer after me. Let's not, let's not talk yet. Father, say, say, Lord, I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Deliver me from all unrighteousness. I surrender right now. I give my life to you, Father. And I thank you in advance for what you're going to do with my life. For what you're going to make of me, the champion that I'm going to be in your eyes, through my obedience to serve you, I surrender now. I thank you for saving me. I thank you for setting me free. Thank you for breaking every bondage of sin. And I ask that you write my name in the Lamb's book of life. I am your child. I will serve you from this moment forward in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.